Hello and welcome to another episode of Special Needs, Special Parents. Um, I am coming to you today, actually just a little, um, I have a long day, <laughs> I have a long day with, with the topic and I figured I, said, I have to do the podcast tonight because I have to basically get this off of my chest. Um, it was just a long day, but I learned a lot of good things and I definitely wanted it to share with everybody. Um, today's episode is going to be on documentation. Um, documentation. Um, if, if you're, if you're a parent of a special needs child or a um, special needs adult, you're going to have a lot of paperwork. There's so much paperwork. There's paperwork that addresses the person's disability, their illness, um, or the issue that's, that's affecting them. You have that paperwork. You have doctor's notes. You have maybe three to four doctors, depending on your child's um, disability or illness. So you have paperwork from all of those doctors. You have paperwork regarding your illnesses that they have or they're experiencing. Um, you also have paperwork that has to be for the school, paperwork that has to be for organizations or any other type of things that you're doing for the child. Um, when I tell you that the amount of paperwork you have is, is, is outrageous, but all of it is absolutely necessary. Um, as of, I think when it was in the beginning, the, um, the, I kept everything and that was something that was just something that I did because of Kindle. I didn't want to lose anything or get rid of anything that could possibly be important. I kept lots of things when it came to all of her doctor's information this was i think before you could actually do my chart or it's online now i actually had all of her documents um in paper form and i actually had a, a huge file cabinet that had all of her documentation regarding um her cerebral palsy when it was discovered anything that we completed or filled out any type of um, program that we were involved in, such as Babies Can't Wait, um, any of those other programs, any of the documentation needed from that, I actually kept all of it. All of her therapy notes, all of her um, appointments, um, any type of medication she had, I always keep all of her medications and so forth. Um, so I was kind of more than a little excited when everything started to be online and you have like a smartphone and you can every everything's on an app. So you have all of the ability to have all of your documents kind of at your fingertips. So what I didn't do and probably what I should have done um, is take that huge four drawer business file cabinet that I had of all of the documentation that I had. And I should have actually just scanned it, scanned it, put it into an electronic file or drive and go from there. So then get rid of all the paper. You actually have everything on the electronic drive. And I didn't do that. <laughs> so today's episode is going to focus on basically documentation, documentation, documentation. Um, what to do with it. Um, how to store it. And if you should share it. Those are the things we're going to talk about today. So... Like I said in the beginning, um, I had a huge file cabinet full of just documents from when I say doctor's appointments, therapy notes, any type of program information, anything. 
um, was actually in that in that file cabinet, and and I'm glad I kept all of those things. Um, when Kendall was in this incident that happened today, which is why I wanted to sit down and talk to somebody about it, um, she was two years old, and she had to get a psychological behavior evaluation for school. Um, in addition to the eye exam, hearing. Um, vision, of course, all of those things. So you had to have all of those things done prior to her going to the special needs school when she was two. She started school when she was three years old um, into the special needs program at the elementary school. But prior to that, when she was two, where I was now trying to get her registered and it was like, we need to get her going. And it was a transitioning from babies can't wait to the actual school system. It was like, she's going to need a psychological evaluation. Um, with her not being able to speak, I honestly didn't know what this meant because I was like, what does this mean? How are they going to evaluate her? She can't talk, but they have ways of actually doing an evaluation and determining what kind of things are happening with your child. So, um, they were able to do the evaluation. They absolutely, um, after the evaluation tell you, Hey, we'll send you a copy in the mail. Keep this, keep this documentation. So, of course, I did. <laughs> it was in my huge file cabinet for many, many years. Um, she's had this psychological evaluation. And over the years, she's always she's always had other types of documentation as well that I kept. I actually still have the paper copy of when I left her doctor's office. And they told me that she had cerebral palsy. And they showed me the actual um, scan that they did, the... Um, um, the EKG and it basically said that she had cerebral palsy so I still have that I still I, I kept that I kept the behavior um, psychological evaluation I kept all of her documents of course um, FMLA babies can't wait all of these things I kept all of those kind of documents kind of stayed in the same place because um, I use them frequently for things that that come up that require me to have to pull those documents when it came to Fast forward to today. Um, I've had all those documents forever. Um, I moved um, within, let's see, the last 12 months. It's been a year we've been in our house now. Um, so I moved. And at the onset of me moving, I know I moved all of those documents. But at this time, I can't find them. <laughs> so today, um, I had a call because I was actually going to try to get Kendall's um reestablished for her respite services which I kind of talked about on the, the other episode but I'll go more into it a little bit later in another episode so I was trying to get her reestablished in regards to her respite services and they asked for a copy of her psychological evaluation now mind you I have had this document what 15 years um <laughs> at this point now I couldn't find it to save myself so what I had to do was to request it from the Fulton, well, Cobb County where she was actually in school. I had to pull that document. I had to go to actually get a notarized letter to actually have them to pull the document from Cobb County Schools, from the records department, which I'm kind of glad that they were able to keep and still have. If not, I'd have been so messed up. <laughs> what I was doing was actually applying for the NOW waiver, which I'll talk about that a little bit as well. Um, I was applying for the NOW waiver in regards to respite care services and family support, and they required that psychological form, um, that psychological evaluation form. 
Now that evaluation form, once I got it, got that one, turned everything in because it required not just that, but of course a, a um, copy of her birth certificate, copy of her Medicaid card, copy of her SSI, copy of um, uh, her IEP, a copy of this, a copy of that. So it was a copy of a lots of things. And so I was able to go ahead and gather all those documents once I had that psychological evaluation form, which took about three or four days to get to me. Um, that was a rush. <laughs> and I went ahead and turned everything in. Once I turned everything in, um, I called the, the person who I was sending the documentation to. Um, and she said, well, does Kendall have a um, psychological evaluation after age two? And I said, no. I said, nobody, um, no one said that she needed it. I didn't get one. So, no, she doesn't have one. The young lady was on the phone. Her name was Vanessa. She was such a sweetheart. She was like, she, she said, we recommend that they get them every three years. So this is important. If you are a parent of a special needs child, I'm assuming if you're in the school system or going to the school system, that you've already had a psychological evaluation done for your child because you needed to have one in order for them to be involved in a special needs program at school. What Vanessa told me, and this is something that I did not know or did not think to do, um, she was basically saying that you need one like every three years. You need an updated psychological evaluation form every three years. Anytime you're doing paperwork, anytime you're doing anything, that's something that should be updated. Um, a good rule of thumb for what she told me was basically to do it, um, of course, at the start of your elementary school, at the start of middle school, so before you go to middle school, um, before you promote that child to middle school, actually get one done then and actually them coming to high school and actually getting out of high school and graduating and moving on to what they're considered to be um, SSI for her, SSI or at least 22 when they're transitioning to an outside program. So basically, um, I found out that I was deficient in what I had done. I haven't got Kendall in an evaluation since she was two. She's now 17. Um, I felt so bad. But I wanted to share that with someone who has a special needs child and in the school system to make sure that you kind of make sure that you get every three years or at least every transition to a different level of school. If they're going from, like I said, elementary, middle to high school or to college to make sure that they have a um, psychological evaluation form completed um, before they go to that next level and to have all of those documents. And when I say to have them, to get them done, but also to make sure that you keep the copies for those. Um, in the, my conversation with Vanessa today, um, she basically was telling me that um, those documents for the psychological evaluations that are needed are ones that you have to keep literally for life. Because these are some of the things that if they apply for any program after the age of 18, when you're not getting these evaluations anymore, um, then you're going to have to have all of the behavior, behavior evaluations that you've had from whatever years you've had them for. So um, she did say hi. Very important, the psychological evaluation was, how very important it is to have the actual copies of them. Um, and to make sure that they're frequent, at least every three years. Not only that, 
make sure that someone who, okay, in the event, and God, we never want this to happen, but in the event that something happens to you, there is someone who is going to be the guardian of your child that has access to these documents because they need them in order to apply for any type of program that they're ever going to do. When I didn't realize how important it was to, um, to that I needed it for, for this now waiver, for a waiver that's going to be able to provide her with respite and or family support. Um, I didn't know how important it was. I didn't, I was like, why do you need this form so bad? <laughs> um, and she was just like, it's something that's a necessary program. So I was really glad that I had that conversation with her today to kind of get the brass tacks of why it's needed, how important it is, and how often I should have it, as well as um, basically just the fact that you just need to be sure that you keep this document. And not only for you, but as a parent, as the parent, but also for someone who's going to be the guardian for that child. Um, when she told me that this was this document is something that um, in the event, like I said, I'm, I'm not here or, or whoever, Kendall has another guardian, that they're able to... Uh, make decisions on her behalf and also apply for programs and services so that she's able to use those services, but they're going to require this document in order to do so. So it's enabling you as a parent, but also keeping up with um, basically making sure that she's able to get the services she needs. Um, so it's a very important document. I didn't know how big, I didn't know how big it was. I didn't know how important it was. Um, but now I do and I want to be able to share that with you so that when, of course, this is something that you come across when your child is, like I said, starting school, you're going to need to have it. Um, it's something I want you to understand how important it is and basically how to keep it. So what I did was once I've scanned those documents over, I'm going to do a separate drive. I don't know if I'm going to do a thumb drive. I'm not sure, but whatever the case may be. I'm going to get a thumb drive as well, <laughs> put it on that thumb drive, but also send it to my family, my sister and my mom. And I'm going to have them to delineate folders to say this is Kendall's important document. So they'll always have it in a folder, in an email accessible for them to actually get, as well as in paper form for what it is. Um, after that conversation with Vanessa today, it kind of just, it freaked me out a bit, but I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. Um, and I guess it doesn't, like when she told me that, it kind of shocked me, but I'm in the process of um, doing a will as well. So doing the will, I'm going to put the these documents, those documents that she mentioned, that psychological evaluation, and also some other documents in regards to Kindle. I'm going to see if I can actually include those within a will that I'm going to write for that I'm getting started on right now. Um, we'll talk about that later because that's something I definitely want to do an episode on having a will and having the importance of developing a will for you and also for your child in the event something happens to you or you're not able to take care of your child. Okay, so we talked about the psychological evaluation <laughs> how highly important that document is. In addition to those types of documentation that you're going to have when you have a special needs child, we talked about the NOW waiver. Now that NOW waiver is something that I heard about when Kendall was 
this company, I mean, it was parent to parent. I stayed on that website. It's parenttoparent.com. And basically just talks about all of the programs and services and things that are available to parents with special needs children. Um, I actually heard about the NOW N-O-W waiver, the NOW waiver, several years ago. And, and, and I didn't apply for it because I believe the person who um, I was talking to at the moment indicated that I was a waiting list for this waiver. Basically, you can apply for it, but it's a waiting list. And they was like, they told me at that time, a thousand people would have to die before Kendall would get services. So didn't want that to happen, but I also didn't think that by a thousand people, I was like, well, so I didn't apply for it. I didn't, I didn't understand the importance of it. When talking with Vanessa today, she kind of explained how this waiver would have allowed Okay, so should have applied for it, i.e. should have applied for the NOW waiver to at least get Kendall on a waiting list. In the event, um, something had happened to me um, within those 15 years or so since I've applied for it or whatever, um, I would have been able, They it provides emergency services based upon funding. So in the event, say something, I was in the hospital or I hurt myself and I broke an arm or a leg or I'm in the hospital and it's a temporary thing, I still, they would have been able to provide emergency respite care for Kendall while I was in the hospital. Um, that's what that NOW waiver um, will cover. That's part of it. That's one of the things that they'll cover. And so I didn't think about that at the time. And I was really selfish and I should have actually just went ahead and applied for it. So anytime you have the ability or the inkling to go ahead and apply for the NOW waiver, I said go ahead and apply for it, get on the waiting list. And if you need it, hopefully it'll be there for you as well with funding and also with the ability for you to get what you need from the program in an emergency. If not, they're on a waiting list until something actually comes up. Um... But at least if you don't need it, that's good. But if you did, it's there. That's what I gathered from the um, communication that I had with Vanessa today. Um, so it was good to know about the NOW waiver in regards to that. So the NOW waiver, I want you to look that up the next time it's on Parent to Parent website. The NOW waiver, and we talked about that psychological evaluation. Those are only two types of documents, by the way. <laughs> um, when I... Oh, gosh. So since the beginning of time, Kendall has had seizures. So she's had seizures ever since she was born. Um, every year, her school is going to require a seizure action plan. Now, that's something that I've had to make sure that I get every year. So I, every year for school, right around school time, I just know I contact her doctor and let her know that I need a seizure action plan. She'll actually either send it to the school or she'll forward it to me and I will pass it along once I'm completing the paperwork for entry to whatever year, school year we're in for that year. Um, right now I have a seizure action plan and for Palmer I got the sickle cell action plan. So I have two action plans that I have to get worked on um, yearly at the end of it, at the beginning of each school year and just at the beginning of the year we work on those. Um so the seizure action plans, there's another type of documentation that a school needs to have in order for your child to go to school. Um, basically, they told me today they need an updated copy of her form or Kendall can't come back after December 3rd, which I'm like, 
great. Like another piece of documentation that's absolutely needed today. I'm working on that as well as um, getting her another psychological evaluation that's scheduled for January. I pray it goes well. We get over that. And I'm hoping I get that now waiver done. Um, outside of those things, um, <laughs> today is, is another thing I looked at too was um, Family Medical Leave Act. That's if you're working. I don't know how many of my special needs parents work, but I do. <laughs> and I have. I've worked for a long time. Um, I've lost a lot of jobs in the beginning, and I didn't know that I had the ability or the opportunity to actually do the Family Medical Leave Act. I don't know why I didn't do it before. Um, but this would have allowed me to continue to keep the job that I had and allow me to take time off as needed for my daughter. I didn't know about it, and I didn't think about it at the time. And But once I found out about it, it's something that I definitely use. It's called the Family Medical Leave Act. And it's, it's something that's offered through your employer. Once you complete the documentation for that, it has to be completed. Well, the, 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 your, your company will give you the paperwork for it. You have to request the paperwork for it from HR. HR gives you the paperwork. You have your doctor. Um, you provide information, but you also provide it to your doctor to get documentation and or any type of signatures or any type of information that they require. On mine, it's pretty easy. Um, it's not for me. Some people have it for themselves. And I did have a friend that needed it because the stress of day-to-day -day sometimes got to her. So she needed to take off time for therapy and mental, you know, calm down, <laughs> mental stress minutes. Um, but for me, I use it basically because it's for the care of a loved one. It's for the care of my daughter or if I had a parent that I took care of or if I took care of someone else. <laughs> Um, that would be something that you would use it for in care of another relative or family member or child. So I use it in, in reference to the care of a child. And I, it's something that you request from your HR department. They'll provide you the paperwork for that. Like I say, you take it to the doctor and the doctor will complete. You have a portion on there to complete as well as the doctor has a portion to complete on there. And on that, my doctor will usually ask me how many days of a week do I think I'll need for Kindle in the care of Kindle? So start thinking about that. How many days are doctor appointments? Um, how many hours out of a week that you'll need? Because they'll need to list that on there. Um, I have a minimum of two that I have that I'm authorized to use per week. However, I don't use them unless I need to. I mean, if I, there's a doctor's appointment, um, I use them or um, if she has something at school and I need to go to the school to talk to a meeting for IEP or something of that nature, that's when I use it. But it's not something that I use all the time and it's only when necessary. I use it whenever, like I said, there's an IEP meeting or a doc's appointment, which is a lot because I have two kids. So it goes through a lot of meetings that I necessarily need it for. I would advise anyone who's actually received FMLI or FMLA and got it from their job to actually use it, but use it, use it wisely and use it correctly. Um, in any given time, you want to be able, if your job asks you for documentation from your last visit, which they're authorized to do if you're, if you're using FMLA to 
say go to the doctor or do this or do that. You want to be able to provide proof of whatever it is that you took the time off for. It makes any sense. Um, so just be careful and be mindful. Um, but I always make sure that what I take off for, like I said, it's something a legit actual appointment or something that I need to do in regards to my kids. But FMLA um, is basically, it's something that your job allows you time to take care of. For me, I can take it unpaid or paid. And um, it's something that I can do, like I said, up to two days a week if necessary for Kindle. If it's any more than two days, then I definitely have to provide documentation. Only time I've had to use that was, it was for Palmer actually, but we were in the hospital and Palmer was in the hospital for three days or four days or something of that nature. And I actually had to, on that third day, to bring in the documentation and say, hey, my daughter's still in the hospital. Um, but that was the only time I've ever had to use that, um, that third day or a third day option from the week for that. But that's FMLA. Um, it's necessary. If you can get it, I say, go ahead and sign yourself up for it. I do say if it's something that you can do, do it. I, like I said, I do it unpaid or paid. Um, I don't like to use a lot of my paid time and but I do want to be able to do what I need to do for my daughter. And I'm so thankful that that's an option for me as well with that. Um, it's something that if you do need to take off time to care for, say, an adult or child, a husband or something of that nature, um, then you can't be penalized for it. And instead of missing days, you know, randomly at the week or every other day, getting off early to do this or do that. Um, you have dedicated time to do those things and take care of those things um, without it being penalized to you at a later time. So that is FMLA. Um, I talked about, of course, the documentation for the NOW waiver, FMLA, psychological evaluation, action plans, <laughs> and um, just in general, all of the documentation that you receive from any doctor's visit keep every IEP I keep <laughs> I've now think I've ever tossed an IEP and I keep it and I scan it and make sure that it's in the system so a couple of things that to have on hand if you are a special needs special parent a um, couple of things you always need to have on hand is that psychological evaluation a current copy of an IEP um, and SSI information should you get SSI in the um I always like to keep a um like I have Kendall's birth certificate and I also have like her social but I always make sure that I put a picture of her so that they know what she looks like because of course she doesn't have like a license she's not driving or anything and eventually I will go get her like an ID I don't know how that's gonna work but it'll be fun um, but it get her an ID because that's something that you that's not included, but they need to know that. For me, I feel like they need to know that. She needs to have an official ID for that. Other than that, I advise you to make sure that you always have copies of these documents, but not just to have copies of them or on hand, but also just to make sure that there are digital copies of these documents, electronic copies of these documents. So save them to a file on your computer 
um, so that whenever you need to pull them or if someone sends you an email and say, well, we don't have this and we need this, you're able to kind of, you know, switch it off and pass it on to who needs it. Um, or if you, if you just need to um, pass it on to a family member or a friend or they need to have access to your information, have it to where you're able to do that for the people who in the event may have to care for your child. And so that they have all of the information that they need to do what it is that they need to do. <laughs> I want to say that. Um, I know it's late. I feel my voice is a little bit raspy tonight. But I definitely wanted to get in and talk to someone um, and share with someone, should I say, um, regarding the information that I had today regarding all this documentation. Um, as much as I can say, <laughs> I think I'm so sick of paper sometimes, but... Um, it's important. It's important to have. It's, 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 um, I think it just made me feel it sucked today when I, or yesterday when I didn't have what I needed for a Kindle. Um, it sucked on a couple of levels, mainly because I feel like I'm the paper queen. I keep everything. And for me not to have, um, the document that, that she needed, it just, it literally drove me bananas. <sighs> okay. So, but other than that, we got it. Ooh, crisis avoided. Um, it was actually okay. Um, I did um, was able to go ahead and get it from the source that needed it, the records department that went ahead and sent it to me. But in addition to that, I'm I'm thankful that you guys are here. I wanted to be able to share that with you in regards to the documentation. Should you have any other questions, go ahead and email us at snsppodcast at gmail.com or Go ahead and hit us up on our Instagram and DM me and let me know under special needs, special parents. Um, it was good talking to you tonight. Didn't knock my chance. Hope you have a great night. Goodbye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today, Special Needs, Special Parents. Tune in next time as we continue to discuss my or our journeys as a special needs parent today in this sometimes crazy world. If you have any questions or you just want to comment on today's show, please email us at snsppodcast at gmail.com or send us a message through the link on the podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in again. And until next time, have a great day.